Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball. 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and today's date is Tuesday, the 26th day of July. 2016, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Hey, I haven't done this in a while, and I'm thinking about making it a regular segment, like I have the Sunday Request to have the Tuesdays with Cubs fan with an eight. I've done a few of them, and I'm really going to make an effort to be an, an every week uh, a segment. Because, first of all, it helps me organize these shows a little bit. And also it helps me bank a few of these shows as well. Like, oh, I know if I plan out a couple of Sunday requests, I plan out a couple of Tuesdays with Cub fans with an eight. Doesn't that sound like a Mitch album book? Well, he's given me a whole bunch of show ideas and questions my dear friend Marcel, who I've done a podcast with, my fan from Switzerland, who writes so many Sunday requests that he has to have his own category. So here we go. I'm going to go through. I'm, I have a backlog of these. I probably should just sit down and one day just record like all of these, and I'll have the rest of my Tuesdays for the rest of the regular season done. Done, done, done. So here's one of the questions that he had for me. Um, you once said, I don't remember, trust me, I have no clue which show I said this in. I'd done a bunch of them. You once said that you liked the game-winning RBI stat. Well, then make a case for it. Okay, I, I don't know if I'm going to successfully make a case for the game-winning RBI stat. I am someone who is quick to admit that as stats go, it was flawed, it was sometimes misleading, it was sometimes dumb, it didn't really say a lot in terms of whether or not someone was a clutch player. It was kind of invent it was invented in the 1980s. Uh, it came out in 1980, and they were just hoping that it would it would be something that you would put into the box score. Then when you were looking at the box scores, who got the game-winning hit? I said, ah, the game-winning RBI was by blank. And th that's the idea of it was that you read that and like, oh, this person got the big hit. And if you get, if you build up a whole bunch of game-winning RBIs along the way of the season or game-winning RBI because it's actually not run-batted ins, it's runs batted in. You know what I want. If I said RBIs, I mean, unless you're my mother, you're not going to say, I don't understand what you're saying. You understand what I'm saying. If I did, I'm talking quickly, I happen to say RBIs, you're going to have to deal with it, Mom. Really? I'm trying to get, this, get through this podcast here. So they started in the 80s, and like anything... Like any first attempt of something, it was flawed. It was not a very good metric. It was not a reliable metric. And the players didn't like the metric. I'm reading a, uh, 
article here by uh, uh, Larry uh, Granillo. If I'm mispronouncing your name, I'm sorry. It was written a few years ago. But he has a, a few quotes from players like, uh, you know, Mike Schmidt said, it was an absolutely ridiculous statistic. Uh, Keith Hernandez, who, by the way, had the most game-winning RBIs in history because they only kept track of it from 1980 to, I believe it was, when did they stop? I believe it was 1988 was last year. It was like just eight years they kept track of it. And Keith Hernandez had the most game-winning RBI in his in, in history because they've stopped it. It's the only time they kept track of it. Um, he had 129 game-winning RBI. He had 24 game-winning RBI in 1985. So what's the issue with the stat? The issue with the stat is it is the run batted in that put the team ahead for good. That this is whatever the uh, moment that that team went ahead for good. That was, that's, you get credit for that. Now, where it gets dicey is the fact that that game-winning RBI could be hit at any moment. For example, if the baseball was still keeping track of the game-winning RBI in 2007, for example, uh, game one of the World Series between the Red Sox and the Colorado Rockies, Dustin Pedroia would have been credited with a game-winning RBI in Game 1 of that World Series. Dustin, the game-winning RBI of that game, Game 1 of the 2007 World Series, was the leadoff batter. Think about that. Pedroia led off the game against Jeff Francis with a home run. And the Red Sox went on to score a few more runs and they wound up winning the game 13 to 1. 13 to damn 1 was the final score of that game. Now, there is no clutch RBI in that situation. There is no say, oh man, it was down to it. It was down to it. The Red Sox and Rockies, you know, you're, you're starting to, to rub your hands together. And they finally pulled it through for that 13-1 to victory. But do you know what? The game was 3-1 to going to the bottom of the second. And was 4-1 to going into the fourth. So it wasn't like they scored 20 runs to start the game. The fact of the matter is the Rockies, who, went on that, who were on a great winning streak going into that World Series... Would have, I mean, they, they, they made it 3-1 on a Tulowitzki double. And they got another double in the fourth, and they couldn't get the run across. But it was still 4-1. to one. It wasn't like the game was over. But then Varitek hit a double in the fourth inning. And then doubles by Euclid, doubled by Ortiz, a single by Ramirez, another single. Then three straight bases loaded walks put the game out of reach. But if there was a clutch hit in that game that really said, okay, this game's over, it would have been Varitek 
in the fourth inning. Yes, Pedroia's home run put the Red Sox ahead for good, but it was Varitek's double with two outs that made it at, at you know two outs and a two-run count. He had a ground rule double that turned a four-one game into a six-one game, and the next inning it just the, the it was thirteen to one. But if they got Varitek out, it's still a relatively close game going into the fifth, and you don't know what's going to happen. So if you're going to judge the clutch hit, it would be Varitek. But by going by game-winning RBI, it would be Pedroia. It's a flawed stat. It doesn't tell, it, you know, it just tells a one specific moment. It should be the go-ahead RBI, not the game-winning RBI. I'll tell you another classic, okay, you talk about the Red Sox too much. Okay, let's talk about a playoff game that if you're someone my age or even maybe 10 years younger and you're a baseball fan, you're going to remember. Game six of the 2003 National League Championship Series. Unfortunately, it's a series and a game that has been dubbed the Steve Bartman game, which I think is sickening because you know, Bartman, Bartman, yeah, he may have interfered with a foul ball, but it wasn't Bartman who let up eight runs, okay? Castillo, you know, the, the score was, uh, the score was, what was it, three nothing before Bartman leaned in, and it was three nothing after Bartman leaned in. I don't want to hear it. If you, but well, as I said before, why do we even know Steve Bartman's name? I mean, seriously. But here's the question: We have seen a lot of clips from that game. We've seen the Bartman uh, reaching over and Alou not getting the pop-up. Who hit the pop-up? I bet you don't remember. Some of you remember. It was Luis Castillo. You've seen the clips of the error made by Gonzalez, the shortstop, that would have helped squash the rally. If you really know the game, you remember Derek Lee got a big RBI double that tied the game. If you know the game, you know that Mike Mordecai hit a bases-clearing double that absolutely stunned the Wrigley crowd and blew the game open. Who got the game-winning RBI? I bet you don't even, I bet you don't even see the clips. I've seen that game several times. I barely remember the game-winning RBI. It was a sacrifice fly by Jeff Conine off of Kyle Farnsworth. They intentionally walked Mike Lowell. Conine hit a fly ball to right. That scored Miguel Cabrera, who reached on the Gonzalez error. And that was the game-winning RBI. In an inning that had one of the most surreal moments along the left field line, the big error, and two gigantic doubles. Who got it? Jeff Conine and a sack fly. If you're telling the story of that game, Jeff Conine's sack fly doesn't really rank that high up 
in the dramatic moments of even that inning. And yet, that would be the game-winning RBI. I'll give you another weird example for a classic game. Sorry, it's another Red Sox game. The losing pitcher of the famous Dave Henderson game in 1986, Red Sox-Angels, one of the great games of all time. The losing pitcher was Donnie Moore. The game-winning RBI was by Dave Henderson. Ah, well, that's an easy one. Dave Henderson hit the dramatic home run off of Donnie Moore. That's the game-winning RBI. Ah, 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 ah. No, it wasn't. The Angels tied the game. And then it went into extras for reasons that no one will ever know. Gene Mock kept Donnie Moore in the game. And Henderson hit a sacrifice fly that scored Don Baylor. And that was the game-winning RBI. Not one of the great dramatic home runs in the history of baseball, but a sack fly to Pettis that scored Baylor. It doesn't create the metric for the great you know, clutch moment. It just tells an arbitrary moment where one team went ahead of the other for good. So how am I going to defend it? I've just stated the reasons why it's flawed. It doesn't even tell the story. Because, first of all, your pal Sully sometimes likes things that are imperfect. I also enjoy the storytelling element of baseball. I like that sometimes when a pitcher's credited for a win, like Mitch Williams blowing the saves for Kurt Schilling in the playoffs and yet picking up the wins for himself, that's incredibly flawed. We all know that's flawed. We all know the save stat is flawed. And it is both the save stat, the win stat, the loss stat, and the game-winning RBI stat are horrible metrics to determine whether or not a player is good or not. I mean, I don't even look at win-loss records for a pitcher anymore to determine whether or not they're having a good year. But I am a storyteller at heart. Storytelling is a gigantic piece of baseball for a lot of people. Maybe not everybody. If you're trying to put together a fantasy baseball team, storytelling and narrative should never factor into your team. And likewise, if you were a general manager, if I found out that Dave Dombrowski was making decisions like, ah, I love the narrative and I got to get me a couple of narrative-based players, then I'll deliver his pink slip to him. That being said, look what I just did in describing the events of those games that I just that I just brought up. The game in 2003, the Barton game. The game in 2007, a game that I bet you didn't remember that little fact about Veritech, that that's just been written off as a blowout game. That game in 1986 between the Angels and Red Sox. The stat, when it's flawed, like the win stat, when it's flawed, like the loss stat, when it's flawed, forces you to go back and look at how the game unfolded.
why the hell did Mitch Williams get the win when Kurt Schilling played so well? Why the hell did this pitcher who pitched eight and a third innings get a no decision, and this one pitcher who pitched one third of an inning got the loss, and this one who pitched two thirds of an inning got the win? It forces you to look back and replay the game. It makes you go back and say, how did it unfold? And what I love about baseball is looking at how it unfolds. I remember when I was working in 2007, that same year the Red Sox won, I was working on a sadly short-lived show. Is it short-lived or short-lived? I don't know. My mom will tell me later because she listens and she corrects me with uh, Dennis Miller talking about sports. And the great Michael Ferraro, who's been on this podcast several times, we went on to uh, baseballreference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the play on earth. And we started looking up the results of the 1980 National League Championship Series. This is one reason why I like working at that show is because when I had free time with my coworkers, we said, hey, let's go look at the play-by-play of, at that time, a 27-year-old game. Now it's even older than that. But Ferraro uh, was a big-time Philadelphia Phillies fan, still is. And the series between the Astros and the Phillies is one of the great series of all time. But we couldn't remember all the details of one of the extra inning victories for Philadelphia. So we are breaking it down bit by bit. Why did this guy get the win? What happened to this guy? And so by going back we were able to basically reconstruct the enjoyment of the game by going back and saying, why did this RBI become the game-winning RBI? Or if there wasn't an RBI, if it was scored on an error or scored on a pass ball or something like that, it would say game-winning RBI, none. The hell does that mean? It makes you go back and look at the game. And unlike the win stat, you could pitch objectively terrible. You could pitch a bad game and get a win. You could pitch a brilliant game like Harvey Haddock's when he had a perfect game through 12 innings and let up one run in the 13th. And he got the loss. You could pitch brilliantly in a way that's never been seen before or since and get the loss. And at least with a game-winning RBI, you have to do something positive. You have to drive in a run. Now, of course, that could also mean a bases-loaded walk. It could also mean you were hit by a pitch with a bases loaded. So there's all sorts of loopholes in there. But my defense of the game-winning RBI is this. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a flawed stat. It's a ter- it, it, it is a metric that has no value in terms of describing the level of player that you are. It doesn't even describe whether or not you're a clutch player. Although you could say, like a win total, if you keep piling up the wins, chances are you're doing okay. But it doesn't tell you whether or not you're an elite player, even a great player, even a good player. But I liked it because when I saw in those games in the 1980s, of course, this is before you could watch games on your device because there were no devices to watch on. You, this, you were catching 
the scores at the end during the 11 o'clock news was how you saw who won the games. So you look at the box score the next morning, you pick up the San Jose Mercury News, you, you pick up the San Francisco Inquirer, you open up the Sporting Green, you look at these box scores, and it's a bunch of names. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's Ryan Sandberg, it's Andre Dawson, it's Tony Gwynn, it's, it's, it's Luis Salazar, all these names going on, and they're you know, 3 for 4, 1 for 4, 0 for 4, and you see the, the line score. And then you see game-winning RBI. So it's not all just the numbers. This one person drove in the go-ahead run, and it forces you to try to figure out what that RBI was and how the game was won. It's a dumb stat, but it allowed me a jumping-off point to look at the narrative of the game like the win total does, like the loss total does. In its flaws, in its imperfections, comes something that I find incredibly enjoyable about baseball. And Cub fan with an eight, that's how I defend it. It leads to what I find enjoyable about the game. And don't worry, next Tuesday, I'm going to get another one of your questions down as well. So go to sullybaseball.com, go to mlbreports.com to see the up-to-date listings of who owns baseball. Uh, you can like me on Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Facebook. Uh, give me a five-star review on YouTube, and I'll read it out loud here. Why not? Uh, you can be old school, send me an email at info at sullybaseball.com. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Solid Baseball Daily Podcast for the 26th day of July, 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. I've got the game-winning RBI for this podcast, and you can call me Sullivan.